I think you'll understand what I say when I say this. Everyone carries a life message, possibly even more than one life message. Something that you've just nailed over your life, something you're good at, something you could inspire someone else with, something you could teach, and you know, you know, you know, you've just nailed that area of life. Give me a wave if you understand what I'm talking about. So, so one area for me that might be a life message is this whole idea of, of health and fitness and persistence. I know I've nailed that. I know God called me and trained me to, for this role because he knows I'm not going to give up because I'll persist and I'll persist and I'll persist. He's given me that and I know I could share a message like that and it would inspire you because it's how I live. Uh, I go to the gym regularly and I know I'm strong and so I can give that message because it's a lifestyle for me. Every one of you will have something like that. And the truth is that we carry life messages as a church, more than one. But as I was preparing this week, I was going to do a different message, and God just woke me up one night and said, no, no, I want you to start with this message as a Equippers Essex, because it's a life message I've given you, and it's the message of generosity. And the reason I know we carry this, I'm going to call it a spirit of generosity, the reason I know that is because 12 years ago, we had an amazing experience as a church. We had um, pastors Wayne and Libby Huey Rua come with us. Give us a wave if you know who they are. Uh, just check them out. Type into a Google search, Wayne and Libby Huberua, and just look at some of the YouTubes. These guys have led, led worship to thousands and thousands and thousands of people. They're part of the Auckland Equippers Church. And now they go around the world just training teens. And 12 years ago, they came to train our team. And we were so privileged. We were a, a much smaller church back then, probably 40 to 60 people. Let's average it at 50 people at that time. And they came, these amazing, amazing people. It was a funny experience, actually, because Wayne used to have really, really really long black hair and uh, he was wearing a quite a long sort of black coat and we'd never met him and he was staying at our house and you know for me at least he's like he's a bit of a name isn't he's Wayne Huey Rua and he leads worship all around the world and he's coming to our little church in Colchester and we were a little bit nervous about having him but my Josh at the time must have been three or four years old and um Wayne knocks at the door and Josh is standing next to him and he opens this door and he's got this long sort of trench coat on his long hair and, and Josh shouts out, it's the undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> and it was the first ever time I'd met this superstar preacher, but it was just, it was just brilliant because he walked in uh, and those of you who are Kiwi will know what I'm talking about. They had this thing called refrigerator rights. And so I've, n I've met the guy for about five seconds. He walks into my house, opens up the fridge, sees there's a bottle of wine in there and pours himself a glass. I've barely said hello yet. I'm like, okay, that's how we're rolling. But he said this to me. He said, I know we're friends and you will know who your friends are when they've got refrigerator rights. Oh, okay, we're friends already, I'm happy days. But he just came and he, he led our team through a process and understand the dynamics of which none of this happens by accidents. You know, there is anointing, absolutely there's anointing, but there's also skill. And he taught skill, and it was just so brilliant. And our team have just gone from strength to strength because of what he sowed in. At the end of that weekend, we took, a, do you know, we always do an honorarium offering. Now, bearing in mind, in that meeting, there was probably 50 people, and we took an honorarium for him. And the honorarium exceeded 700 pounds for this guy. And uh, he came back to our house, and he had another glass of wine out of our fridge. <laughs> And uh, I said, oh, the, the offering amount's come in. It was, I think it was 740 pounds. That's what it It was over 700 pounds anyway. And I, I said, that's what it is. And he started crying. Oh, it was a bit of a moment. And uh, I said, oh, wow. You know, he said, that's just answered a prayer for me. I said, well, what, what do you mean? He said, well, 
I feel like I've become a bit stale. I feel like I'm asking God, am I doing the right thing? Should I be doing this? Is this what you've actually called me to? I've been doing this all my life, but is it something else for now? And I asked God that on this trip, he would show me. And he said, I know that that's a miracle offering for that amount of people that was in that room. And that's confirmed that answer. That's the answer I asked for. So give yourselves a round of applause, church. Because whether you were there then or not, you're part of this church now. But that meant that we carry a spirit of generosity. Because to take an offering like that on the spur of the moment with that amount of people, that requires a generous spirit. And so I know we carry something. And so there's lots of new people in the church here. And I want to stir up that spirit of generosity in you today because you do carry it. There's a deposit of God in you. And God is the most generous God ever. He's generous personified for crying out loud. And you carry that. So will you allow me to stir you? I'm going to turn to that person next to you and say, be prepared to be stirred. A spirit of generosity. The most famous passage in the Bible is probably John 3.16. God so loved the world that he... That he... God gave! Did you know how he gave? He gave his best and he gave everything. It was no strings attached. He could lose it all. But he saw a need and he saw his love for that need and he says, I'm going to give my best. That is what generosity looks like. God is the God of generosity. Jesus is God's love love letter to you. You know, when you look at Jesus and you think all that he did and accomplished, all of that was God's declaration to the you that I love you, I love you, I love you. And it doesn't matter what you think of me. I've chosen what I think of you. I love you. And I've generously given you everything. Don't we want to be like that? I want to be like that. I I want to reflect my father to people. So when you encounter God, you encounter generosity at its fullest. And for those of you who have a relationship with Jesus, I know you've got a deposit of God in you. In fact, probably if you don't believe in Jesus, there's a deposit of God in you. We just need to help you find that. And something in there is a spirit of generosity, and I want to ignite it again today. When you look at Jesus, actually, if you look at Jesus through the eyes of generosity, it was a bit outrageous. You see, in Mark 10, you'll find him coming and meeting a blind man and all the crowd and all his people around him are saying, let's keep moving. But the blind man says, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. What does Jesus do? He stops. In the midst of his busy world, he stops. And he asks this question, what can I do for you? You see, that comes out of a heart of generosity. There's a need here. I might be able to meet it. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop the business of my world, all the things I could be doing, and I'm going to be selfish. I'm going to pour myself into you. That is generosity. And he said to the blind man, what can I do for you? I love it in many ways because, hello, the blind man comes to me asking for a prayer, and I'm like, well, what can I do for you? But Jesus wanted him to say it. And there's something in the speaking it out that stirs Jesus. But can you see why he stopped? Because he was full of love, and full of generosity and is prepared to pour himself out into someone else. In Matthew 8, you'll find the story where Jesus comes across the centurion. And the centurion's son is dying. And he approaches Jesus and he says, Rabbi, could you help? I know you're a man of faith. I know you can heal. Would you come and heal my son? And so Jesus is in the midst of all this busyness of life. Anyone relate to that? We're all in the midst of busyness of life. But what does Jesus do? He says, I'll come. I will stop the busyness and all the things I could be doing to pour myself out into you. I will come. But then the centurion comes up with the most amazing answer, doesn't he? He says, I'm a man under authority. 
I know what authority looks like. And if you just gave the word, it would be done. And Jesus stands back and goes, wow, I've never seen such great faith. You get it. And Jesus spoke the word and the son was healed. And they testified that he was healed in the moment that Jesus spoke the word. Because he understood authority. Come on, church, could we start understanding authority? But back up, back up, back up and give a brother room. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> back up. Jesus was prepared to speak the word, but he was first prepared to go. That's the heart of generosity. Pouring himself out despite the busyness on his world. He was pouring himself out into someone else. Jesus walked miles out of his way to speak to a woman at a well. Walked miles and miles and miles. I believe it was a half a day journey to get there. Why did he do that? Because he knew he could pour himself out into someone. And the generous spirit says we need to go there. It would have been easier not to go there. But because of his love and his generosity, he says, I'm going to do it. I'm going to pour myself out into someone else. He ends up changing a whole town because he went there. Generosity burst things open. I love it when we will know the story of the feeding of the 5,000, but it was late in the day and the people were hungry and the disciples were saying, send them away to get some food. But what did Jesus do? No, let's feed them. Because there's a generous spirit that says, I don't want them to go and struggle. I will meet the need. He actually says, you feed them. But can you see there's this spirit of generosity that says, I've got something that could help you and I will do whatever it takes to help you. It's selfless and it's generous and it's life-giving. Everywhere he went, he gave himself away. Could we be like that? Could you be like that? Everywhere you go, you see the need that you could potentially meet. Would you give yourself away because it shares the heart of Jesus? I love this in Isaiah 32 verse 8. This is the New King James Version. A generous man devises generous things and by generosity he will stand. I love that. I love the idea of getting around people who are generous and got a generous spirit that's been stirred up and scheming and planning. What could we do? What could we do to bless someone? I love that kind of scheming. That's a Jesus kind of scheming. Do you see what I mean? Let's devise a generous plan. We can see some people over there and we could help them. What should we do? I love that kind of thing. And I want us to be those kind of people. It's a Jesus kind of thing. Many of you have heard some of Sarah and I's testimonies of generosity and, and God very definitely has stirred a generous spirit in us and I don't stand here telling you my story to say I'm better than anyone it's just that they're my stories and they're true and I hope it might stir you to think yeah come on he can do it I can do it maybe you've got better stories than me and I hope you have but keep that spirit stirred um, probably the biggest and um, most generous thing we've ever done is, is several years ago we gave away our BMW to a student by the way he was in the church all the students start coming out of church now <laughs> I've told that story several times before, but I won't tell that one again. But that's the spirit that Sarah and I have been given to carry. And as we're the leaders of this church, we have to be leading from the front. And so several years ago, we woke up in the morning and I said, oh, I've been struggling with this, but I feel God's telling me to give our BMW away. And Sarah said, oh, I didn't want to say, but I've been thinking the same. And where there's agreement, yeah. you know. So we did it. It was the best thing ever. The lad was crying and we were crying and he had a BMW. It's brilliant. When we were, um, when I was 18, I, I, was, I ran a small house group, kind of a connect group, we would call it now, house group, just for some young people, some teenagers who were in our church. And uh, I wanted people to be there. Bear in mind, I was 18 years old. I was a young man. And um, one of the people lived out quite near to Housted. And um, they weren't able to get there. 
And so I drove out to Halstead, which is about 25 minutes, and back again, so that person could be at the meeting. That's a 50-minute round trip. I didn't stop there because there was someone else who lived in Manningtree. And I drove out to Manningtree, which is probably 15 minutes, and back again, so those two people could be at the meeting. That's an 80-minute round trip. And God just challenged me to do it because it comes out of a spirit of generosity. I could do that. Yes, it was a proper hassle. I did it week after week after week after week. But there was something in my spirit that said, but you can meet the need. We met together for an hour and a half, and then I took them home. That's 160 minutes of driving so two people can be at a meeting. That comes out of a generous spirit. You see, generosity can be about money and, and giving and possessions, but it can also be about giving yourself away. And so every one of you has the potential to be generous. And I feel like back then God was testing me, would you do it? How can I get you to lead a church with a generous spirit if I don't know you've got one? So my challenge to you today is, could I stir that generous spirit in you? Because there's an anointing for a generous spirit here. And you, when you're moving it, it is brilliant. It is so, so amazing. When Sarah and I were first uh, married, it was in our first year of marriage, there was a guy who wanted to go to Bible college and he couldn't afford the fees. And so we agreed to pay £100 a month for a whole year to him to help him cover that cost. Now at that time, we probably didn't have £100 a month, but we looked at each other and said, let's just believe for it. What happened there? A spirit of generosity stood up in Sarah and I, and we met the need. And do you know what? God met our need and always does. Yeah. But it allowed someone to go on a healing journey. It allowed someone to go away and get close to God and be taught and become a minister. It was such a good thing that we did there. But a spirit of stinginess just says, no, we haven't got it. But a spirit of generosity says, come on, let's meet the need. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's time to be generous. Just, uh, just two weeks ago, actually, um, one of our pastor friends um, phoned the, his wife phoned Sarah up, and she was a bit tearful, and she said, oh, we're really struggling. And she said, it's my husband's birthday tomorrow, and we just even, I haven't even got the money to take him out for a meal. And um, I could see Sarah getting all a bit teary-eyed, because I, I hate seeing people struggle. Yeah. hate it. And, and, I, and if I could help, I want to help. And so Sarah's got to give me the old nudge in the ribs, trying to give me signals of what's happening here. And um, she's, she's, she's quite crafty, my wife, in a, in, a, in, a, in a good way. So she started asking clever questions like, where do you think you might want to go? And she said, well, we've, I found these two-for-one vouchers at what? At Frankie and Benny's. I found these two-for-one vouchers at Frankie and Benny's. We might just be able to stretch. The children probably won't be able to have a dessert and we might have one drink, but we might be able to stretch it for two-for-one vouchers at Frankie and Benny's. Oh, where is that Frankie and Benny's, she says. Oh, it's this one in wherever it was. And um, she puts the phone down. She says, well, we're going to do something. We're going to do something. I, I love it because generous people devise generous plans. And so she's been like, we, I call her Miss Marple at home. She works it all out. <laughs> she phones up Frankie and Benny's and says, can we put 50 pound behind the bar for this couple? So when they come to pay, they've got 50 quid off. And it's just like, do you know what? We probably haven't got 50 quid to spare, but my God will supply that. So when they came to the end of the meal, who knows? It feels good when you get to the end of the meal and you've been scrabbling around. And they go, oh, someone's left 50 quid for you. Is that a good thing? Yeah. yeah. So we did a good thing. And it was great because we're blessed. We're all chuffed with ourselves. We've done something good. They're blessed because they've, cause someone's, they didn't even know. They didn't know who it was. And God's blessed. Because we're reflecting him to someone else. See, generosity is win, win, win. 
all of the time. You're allowed to get me excited, church. This is good stuff. I want to just highlight Dan Mills. Where are you, Dan? Stand up and give us a twirl wherever you are. Are you in the room? Oh, he snuck out to the toilet, is he? Oh, he's over there, is he, Dan? Oh, there he is. See Dan Mills. Round of applause for Dan Mills, please. You can sit down. Dan Mills is our drummer today. He's such a great, great guy. And I know that Dan Mills has been on his own journey of generosity. And we've had lots of times together. But you won't know. But last week we had Pastor Peter here with us and Jackie. And um, Peter's been struggling with his back and can't drive at the moment. And so uh, a midweek meeting that he came to, Dan said to him, how are you going to get here? He says, I don't know. He said, I'll come and get you. And I want to tell you, if Dan was, he didn't have to in the end because uh, his son drove him down. But the heart of generosity was there. If he'd had to do that, that would have meant him leaving Colchester at half past six in the morning to drive an hour and 45 minutes to Chertsey, to turn around and drive an hour and 45 minutes back and then drum. But he had the potential to meet the need and he's got a generous spirit stirred in him and he says, I'll do it. Can we give him a proper round of applause now? See, I believe a generous spirit is stirred when it sees the need around us to say, I'm going to meet that need. And I want us to be a church. And the reason I want to start here is because we can't give this message every week, but it's a life message for us. So let's keep ourselves stirred. Can we keep ourselves stirred to say, let's keep looking around. What could I do to make someone else's life better? Because that's the Jesus kind of life. But it takes a generous spirit. And it might be, do you know what, you look at yourself and you think, well, you know, maybe we all haven't got stacks of money to give away. And, and maybe we have or maybe we haven't. I don't know. But I do know this. God will supply all of your needs yeah. so that you can be a blessing on every occasion. God will never let you be embarrassed. Amen. Never let you be embarrassed. If you commit to bless someone, God will back you up. Yeah. 2 Corinthians 9 verses 10 and 11 says this. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Can you see that picture now? I've described that. You see, you might look at yourself and say, oh, there's a need over there and it's £100, but we haven't got £100 in our budget this month. Now, a stingy person... A fleshy person says, much as I care about them, we can't do it. But a man or a woman of faith who's got a stirred, generous spirit in them says, we'll meet the need. And the reason I can do that is because my Bible says in 2 Corinthians, my God will supply all that I need so I can be generous on every occasion. And thanks be to God. Do you see it? Do you see it? So I want, us to, I want to challenge you as an individual to stop looking at what you've got and start looking at what God's got. Because if there's an opportunity to give, I want you to say, I'm standing up right now. The only time God ever says test me is about tithing. It's about money. And so here's another opportunity to say, do you know what? You've said that, God, I'm going to bless someone. And you just watch God bless you. Because it has to come from a heart of generosity. It's, it's, it's such a win-win-win situation, isn't it? It's just like, oh, I've turned my iPad off now. don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I think that there's various reasons sometimes that we don't live generously. And the major reason is because we look at our lack. And I want to challenge us. Do we believe God at his word or don't we? It takes faith to step out of lack. We can all look at I've not got enough, or we could all look at God has got enough. 
And here's the thing, and I want you to get this in your heart. Your personal financial breakthrough isn't only about you. You see, God is looking to bless someone through someone. You know what? We're believing for some financial breakthrough, but do you know what? Do you know what it's not going to do? It's not going to drop out of the sky. <laughs> oh, look, in our garden, it's raining 50 pound notes. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Now, I'm not saying that couldn't happen, but it probably won't happen. What probably will happen is God will stir a man or a woman with a generous spirit, with a heart for Sarah and I, and say, we want to help you. What might happen is that God will open a door in a work situation or a ministry situation, which has some finances attached to it, but it will come through people. Potentially, you are the person that it could come through. Not for me and Sarah particularly, but for someone else. Do you see? But if your spirit isn't generous, that person will never get their blessing because you were supposed to be the funnel. And the thing is, as God blesses you financially, yes, enjoy it. Yes, have that holiday, have that car, do whatever it is you like. Enjoy it. I believe God wants you to enjoy it. But don't hold it. Say, God, what do you want me to do with it? Because then you become this funnel and this generous spirit flows in you. You're blessed. People are blessed. God's blessed. Win, win, win. The generous life is a winning life. Is there an amen in the house somewhere? I love it. I love it. When people encountered Jesus, generosity erupted. Who knows the story of Zacchaeus? Now, Zacchaeus is this little dude who's a chief, not just a tax collector, but a chief tax collector. And they were all crooked. And, and so they were charging people tax and then adding a bit to it to put in their back pockets. And they were all very, very wealthy. And of course, you know the story. Jesus stops and there's Zacchaeus up in a tree because he's too stumpy to see him. <laughs> so, so he says, Zacchaeus, I want to come and eat with you. And everyone was shocked. But you see, Jesus didn't look at the struggle in the man. Jesus saw the potential in the man. And he sat down and he had a meal with him. And at the end of the meal, this is what Zacchaeus did. He stood up and he said, I want to pay back everything I've taken from people. But more than that, I want to give them four times as much. You see, he didn't have to do that. The honorable thing was to give people back what they'd taken. That would have been fine. But he didn't do that. Why? Because an encounter with Jesus caused him to be generous over and above. He gave back four times the amount. So who's blessed? He's blessed because how many people now like Zacchaeus? Jesus is blessed because he's had an encounter with someone and now he's reflecting the heart of Jesus to people. And the people were blessed because they got stacks of money. Everyone's blessed. But it comes through an encounter with Jesus which stirs a generous spirit. Am I, am I preaching well? Are you getting this? I just want to impact, unpack something, the, a revelation we had as a church some years ago now, and I've spoken this before, but I want to remind us again. The word for um, righteousness in Hebrew is a word, tzedek. T-Z-E-D-A-K. Tzedek, without the A-L, is the word, the Hebrew word for righteousness. Now, what you need to know is that when God made man in Genesis 2-7, he breathed the breath of life into his nostrils. Are you familiar with that passage? Now, the, the word for the breath of life there is a Hebrew word, hey. And when they would write, they would just use the H, hey. And so here we have a man with potential in him. But when God breathes the breath of life into the man, the man comes to life. The man starts expressing what's there. The man shows himself. The man starts to live and express himself. The breath of life brings that out. 
And, and so when you have people uh, who have an H added to their name, it's like the hay is added. It's the breath of life. So we have Abram, which means exalted father. And then we have Abraham, which means father of multitude. You see, when God breathes on something, they add the H and it brings it to life. Do you see, when you have Sarah to Sarah, uh, Sarai to Sarah, do you know what Sarai means? It's been a struggle, church. Sarai means quarrelsome. But praise the Lord, he's breathed on my wife. And she is now called Sarah, which means princess. Round of applause for my princess. But can you see, when God breathes on something, it brings it to life and it shows its true nature. So Sadak, which we had there on the screen, if you can bring it back up, Sadak is the word for righteousness. When God breathes on righteousness, it becomes Sadak Ah. Do you know what Sadak Ah means? Generosity. That shows you that righteousness revealed with God's breath is generosity. And so if we want to have right standing with God, we need our spirit of generosity stirred. Because it's something that Jesus carried. It's something at the heart of the Father. It needs to be something in the heart of his church. So we need to carry that well. Can you see what I'm saying? I think that you know, people struggle, particularly with giving away possessions or giving away finance, because there's fear attached. And the fear comes from, what if I give that away and I struggle? And it's a real struggle, and I get that. But isn't this journey we're on called faith? Is God true to who he says he is, or isn't he? That's the question you need to ask in these situations. And if he is who he says he is, he will supply all of your needs according to his glories. You see, if he is who he says he is, you'll never be embarrassed. But the real struggle, and let's talk real, there's that element of us where we're all people and you look at it and you think, oh, I, I really want to be generous here, but not sure I can do that. And people shrink back. No judgment from me because I know the struggle's real. But my encouragement to you is to at least take a small step. Okay, God, I'm going to trust you. Take another step. I'm going to trust you. And every time you take a step and God proves himself faithful, it encourages your generous spirit. So please, 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 church, when you see a need, especially, particularly talking here about financial stuff and possessions, be bold. Be a man or a woman of faith because God will bless you. Maybe it's past experiences. Maybe you feel like you tried to be generous and someone took the mickey out of you, and I get that, but there needs to be wisdom attached. But one of the things I want to do before we close this down later is to pray into all of this stuff that we can at least let today be a new day. That we can be free of the past, where we've clung on to stuff, probably because of fear, probably because of lack of the past. I'm sure lots of people here have lived in lack, but that's not your destiny. But sometimes, I believe in giving yourself out of lack, actually, because we live in an upside-down kingdom, don't we? Everywhere the disciples went, they turned it upside down. They're like, let's keep shaking it all up. Well, that's our God. And see, the worldly way to get yourself out of lack is to save it, to save it, to save it, to keep it, to keep it, to keep it. And what happens is you get more and more and more and you get less and less happy. Seen it time and time again. The kingdom's way is a bit for me, a bit for God, a bit for people. As you start giving it away, suddenly your wealth grows. Suddenly your, your experience of life grows. And it's the opposite of a spirit of stinginess. 
I wonder where we need to pray against the spirit of stinginess. Don't receive that. You don't need that. God will supply all your needs. Is today the day you say, God, breathe on me. I need that hay in my life. I want to come to life in real terms to experience the kingdom as you always wanted it to be. And I know it's the spirit that God wants the church to be known for. You know, if you ask the average person out there who's not in church, maybe you've got friends, family, colleagues who don't know church, maybe never been to church, and ask them what they think about the average church, it won't be what this is. And we're pushing against that. Because I want to see unchurched people coming into church and going, wow, I feel like family here. I feel like I belong. I'm not judged. I'm included. Wow, there's, there's something going on here. I'm getting goosebumps. Oh, I, I cry. What am I crying for? The amount of people who come into our services and find themselves crying. Why? Because God's in the house. And he's about healing some people up. But then there's this whole idea that the church is stingy. But I think the church isn't stingy. But we need to go so far the other way to break something that the world thinks of us. Because the reality is you look at all the charity shops, probably 90% of charity shops that are doing good deeds started in the church. There is a generous spirit in the church. We do want to make a difference and we are active. But because the world doesn't see it that way, we've got to go completely the other way and be ultra generous to break it. Do you see? That's our mission. We can do it. Turn the person next and say, we can do this. I want to chuck two more verses at you. And these are from the Message Bible because I love the wording. You can look them up in other versions if you want to. But the first one's here in Matthew 5, verses 13 through 16. In the Message, it says this. Let me tell you why you are here, speaking to the church. You are here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. Love that. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You are here to be light, bringing out the God colors in this world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If, you, if, if I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand now that I've put you there on a hilltop. On a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening it up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. You can see why I picked that wording. You see, when we get generous with people, it comes against the average spirit in this world. It's different. And they're like, whoa, because you've opened up to me, I feel like I can open up to you. And eventually people open up to God. And it starts with the spirit of generosity. And everyone can do something about that. The last verse I want to share with you is this in Proverbs 11, 24 and 25. And again, the message version, just, this just speaks for itself. The world, this is the Bible. This isn't something I've made up. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. <laughs> but the reality is most of us sit in one of those camps. Which camp do you want to sit in? Because I know that as you stir a generous spirit in you, good things happen. As you stir a generous spirit in you, people are blessed. People are attracted to you. And they don't realize it's the God in you yet, but they will find out it's the God in you. And then maybe that person you were generous with one day might be the person sat next to you, jumping around saying, praise you, Jesus. But sometimes it starts with a spirit of generosity. And I want us to be a church that runs with this kind of stuff because we've got something special to offer the people. Be sure of this, and I want to keep driving it home. 
when you are generous, God will back you up. He just will. Because he won't let you be floundering. You know, if we, if we really believe that we're God's kids, if my Josh came home and he had £10 pocket money, that's all he had left because he doesn't save very much, and he came home to me and said, Dad, he was glad at school and, you know, he was, he was having a really bad time. So do you know what I've done? I've given him my £10 pocket money. Would I say to him, Josh, you idiot. Oh, well, that's your money gone then, isn't it? What a wally. As his dad, would I say that? No, because I've got a few more quid. And what I'm more likely to do is say, Josh, that's amazing. What a great heart. Here's your tenner and go and buy yourself a Mars bar. Because God always gives a bit more. You can't ever outgive God. But the reality is, we know that, but do we live that? And that's our challenge. To look around, day in, day out, and say, God, let me be a vessel. Let me be your man. Let me be your woman. Stir up a heart of generosity in me to stop looking at my lack and start looking at your wealth. Start actually living out what I really believe that I'll have a story to tell. That someone in life will be so blessed because I stepped into their world. And actually what I stepped in with was the heart of the Father. We'll pray in a moment, but I just wanted to do something. Um, I know not every seat sat on, so this might not have worked, but if you can all reach under your seat, there are two white envelopes under two different seats. It might be yours. I don't know. I asked someone else to do it, so I don't know where they are. If you reach under tapes under two seats in this room, there are two white envelopes. If you find one, can you wave it? You got one? You un unpack it. You grab a hold of it. and Young man here's got one. Azealia, do you know where the other one, where, roughly where it was? Okay, so... Uh, so Sam Jones, behind the seat you're on, I think, do you want to reach under? I think we believe it's there somewhere. Is it there somewhere? <laughs> Yay. So what I, how I wanted to finish this up, we've, we've done similar things, but what Sarah and I decided to do is we thought, do you know what? We're going to put two envelopes and we're going to put 20 quid in each envelope and uh, just put them under two seats. And that's from us. This isn't from the church funds. It's from Sarah and I's own funds because we just want to say, you're worth it. Go and buy yourself a meal. Go and buy yourself something you wanted. Go and pay a bill. I don't know what. You use it for whatever you want. But it's 20 pounds in each of those envelopes and it's for you. And it's my declaration that we are going to be a generous people. It would be easy for us to say if we've got 40 quid to spare, but my God will supply. And these guys will be a little bit blessed. Who doesn't like walking to church and walking out 20 pound richer? <laughs> Everyone's a winner, baby. But can you see the point I'm trying to make? There's something about generosity that makes people smile. There's something about generosity that reflects the Father's heart. There's something about generosity that adds to your life. It's win, win, win. Should we pray? Would you mind standing? I'd love to pray for you. I just want to invite you to close your eyes. There's no rules here, and if you'd rather not, that's cool, but it's helpful, I think. It's just to bring a bit of focus. 
Lord. Father, I've done my best to stir some people, but Holy Spirit, I ask right now that you'd move amongst this room and stir your church. Stir us with a spirit of generosity. Don't let us leave the way we came in. Change us, Lord God. Shift us, mold us to be a bit more like you. Lord, it might be with time and energy and gifts. It might be with finances and possessions. But Lord, we choose right now, come on church, we choose right now to lay our whole life in an open hand before you and say, God, use what I've got. Let me be generous. Let me be a blessing to someone. Father, thank you for that testimony from Wayne Huey Rua in our church where our generosity actually helped him with the course of his life. Just as an aside, church, Wayne Hiriru is going to be leading worship at Momentum. Such a gifted man is going to be there. We've blessed him. Just if anyone's wrestled with this area of generosity and, and you know you've wanted to be generous, but for whatever reason, whether it be fear or lack or bad experiences, you've just held back and withdrawn a little bit. If that's you today, just raise your hand because we're going to break something over you. We don't want to leave the way we came in. Bless you there. Bless you. Bless you there. Thank you, Jesus. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. I, I know there's others. But Lord, right now, in Jesus' name, I break every bad experience. I break the poverty mentality. I break the looking at lack in Jesus' name right now. And I declare today to be a new day for you. I declare today to be the start of a generous adventure. Lord, where a spirit of generosity is stirred, stir your church, Lord God, with generosity. Let us come against the spirit of this world and bring the spirit of heaven here, which is a generous spirit. Lord, it's my cry that for everyone here who takes a small step in faith into the generous spirit, Lord God, that you would back them and back them and back them. That, Lord God, that you genuinely would supply more than enough on every occasion for us to be a blessing. We stand on your word, Lord God. But if there's anything here holding people back, Lord God, I break it in Jesus' name. Come on, church. Decide in your heart. Today's a new day for you. Today's a new day. And it's the start of a generous adventure. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And just with every eye closed, I always want to give an opportunity. Is there anyone here who feels like they came in this place and they're not right with Jesus? Maybe never even known Jesus but you want to leave this place in that relationship with Jesus, which takes you on this life adventure. It secures your future. It brings peace into your heart. If that's you today, we're going to pray together. So just give me a wave because we'll pray with you. Let's get right with Jesus. Let's get right with Jesus, church. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, I'll always give that opportunity. I can't see anyone responding, but we'll always give that opportunity. Father, I just pray you'd seal in right now all that you've done today.
Lord, that this won't have been a nice message that we go away and chat about, but it'd be a message that gets into our very spirit person, that gets into our heart and changes the way we see things, changes the way we think, and changes the way we behave. And Lord, our hope in it all is that you would be glorified. And all God's people said, Amen. Should we go out on some praise?